Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you get to 25, it can kind of feel like I can't experiment because the window for failure is, is narrower. Small. One thing that people don't really talk about enough is the fact that there's a level of confidence and clarity and level-headedness that can accompany getting older. Mm. When you get to a place where you have evolved and the people around you have evolved, there now needs to be a questioning as to whether you are still compatible. Mm. And Hello and welcome to the To My Sisters podcast. I'm Renee. And I'm Courtney and we are your online sisters and hosts of the To My Sisters podcast podcast now we're all about promoting the wellness growth and development of a community of sisters across the world and in today's episode we are going to be talking about that quarter life crisis Uh. we just turned 25 this year and one thing that has been going around is second puberty Mm -hmm. and we wanted to explore what that meant for us right what that can look like and we know some of the girls are struggling hitting that mid-20s mark Things are changing in your body, Mm -hmm. in your mindset, in your life. Let's talk about it. Let's find a safe space here to be, to admit, I'm 25 and having a quarter life crisis. Yeah. You know? So that's what today's episode is all about. But before we get into it, we have a few announcements. We have some things to say. Okay. First of all, what is the first one I was going to say? I was going to say we finished our book draft, but that is completely irrelevant. I so mean, right now. I'm screaming. But first of all, we finished our first book draft. Woo-hoo! Our editor called it a masterpiece. Masterpiece. Um, but she also made 20,000 corrections. Mate, do you know so. the amount of corrections? I was seeing the um, edits at the top. I was like, we have to change it. Anglais, um, <laughs> y'all speak Anglais. Do we? Do we? Anyways, um, shout out to you, Mireille. She's actually the greatest. Like, honestly. The best. And she's a listener of the podcast. Like, before we got the big deal. She's the best. But yeah, shout out to you, Mireille. We love you. We appreciate honestly. you. Honestly. Second announcement. Vision challenge. We have a winner for July. Six months. Six winners. Honestly, it's crazy. Six people with one hundred. Six hundred GBP, baby. Mad. Putting the money where our mouth is. Come on. Awesome. So a big congratulations to Miss Zainab. That is Miss Zainab underscore Gohi on Instagram. Shout out to you, Zainab. And in terms of the three random acts of kindness that she uh, did this month. Inspire us. The first was she organized a surprise birthday dinner for her best friend. Oh, nice. Number two was she gave money to her stepdad for his trip to Nigeria. Oh, come on. And the last was she sent her boyfriend money to help him furnish his new apartment. Wow. Come on, somebody. Not That's saying I'm stuff. saying who got the cash. You know I what I'm got saying? Not us replenishing the pockets. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, sis, we hope that you enjoy your 100 pound prize. Thank you so much for putting some sprinkles of kindness and good into the world. We appreciate you. And to all the sisters who participated in the channel, sure. you are the best. But it's a new day. It's a new dawn. That's right. And we're feeling good. So. (laughs) (laughs) What? Do you not know that song? I do. That's that's what I was just like. (laughs) You started. Yeah. Yeah, I actually have. I'm so delirious. (laughs) I came home at 5.30 in the morning. (laughs) Um. (laughs) 
Barely breathing. Barely alive. So today we're announcing that July's challenge is, drum roll please. Start your therapy, Jenny. Okay? We want... No, for real, because we're all going through so much. We're all going through so much. No, for real though. You guys know we're a big advocate for therapy um, and just going on a journey where you really do invest in your wellness by going to a professional and allowing yourself to walk through, whether it be past trauma or current anxieties Mm -hmm. that you have. um, Or even if you don't feel bad, just getting somebody who you can check in with to make sure that you stay that way, Mm. you know. So you guys know we have partnered with BetterHelp over here on our channel to provide accessible and online therapy to people and all the sisters all over the world. And so that description is always in um sorry that link is always in our description but we really want this month's challenge to be for someone to start their therapy journey we know it can be daunting it can seem intimidating and it can feel like quite a hefty financial commitment but thankfully better help is more on the affordable side compared to in-person therapy because it is conducted online um as well as the fact that that link in the description gives you 10 percent off okay but we also wanted to give a further incentive by replenishing the money that one of you spends on starting your therapy journey Mm. just to really support you and encourage you to go we wish we could do it for everybody and maybe one day we will but for now this is just our little bit to kind of ginger you guys to take yourself to therapy it is so beneficial it is so necessary and we know that will be a great addition to your glowing and growing journey so please if you can and you have the resources to this month invest in going to therapy once you have signed up feel free to dm us or tag us on instagram or twitter just to let us know hey i did it i'm, I'm on the starting road my therapy journey. there you go and so yeah once you've done that at the end of the month we're going to pick a winner and we'll send you the money straight to you okay? GBP, gbp baby baby all right and hopefully we'll actually cover the month that you spend on therapy mm. yeah which is crazy to think that you can get therapy for about 100 pounds a month honestly affordable affordable accessible affordable. and it's such a great better. time to invest in therapy because yeah. we're literally at the halfway mark of the year yeah you want to set up the rest of your six months to be one of you know success joy comfort therapy you gotta All unpack right? that unpack that yeah. and thank you to better help as well for just providing that it's for the sisters supporting. supporting okay so into the ding 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 Dilemma. this one is interesting okay Uh-oh. quite simple oh, no. Uh-oh. actually is it simple not really okay oh, anyway no. we'll get into it let's, let's get into it hey sisters hey. i hope you're both doing great this week i admire your insight on issues greatly and hope you can offer it here i'm 24 and i have a boyfriend Aww. we have been together for just over three years Aww. he treats me with so much kindness That's sweetness so and consideration He is, however, the antithesis of anything and Uh everything I am typically physically attracted to. Oh, no. When we first got (laughs) together, I was not physically attracted, but I did like him and something drew me to him regardless. So Mm -hmm. I agreed to date him. Mm -hmm. Lately, it has been weighing on my mind that I don't feel physically attracted to him. I feel ashamed, guilty, fraudulent, and like a cheat. Oh no. I know looks aren't everything. And beyond them, he is truly a perfect life partner. Mm. But I wish I could have that damn, is that my man? Feeling when I look at pictures of him and us. I don't know whether to hang on. No, Renee, your face is going to be. I don't know whether to hang on or let him go. Please help. Please help. Oh, 
I'm the wrong person to ask because <laughs> look, I'm a big advocate of eye candy and I don't mess with nobody I ain't think is fine. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's gonna be tough. <laughs> it's gonna be tough. Mm-hmm. Um first of all, I think kudos to you for, you know, giving him a chance. I think it's always important to explore and, you know, really dig down into is it just looks that i'm interested in and you know understanding that people have a lot more to offer than their looks so you know kudos to you i'm glad that you've had a positive experience so far and you guys seem to have built a real relationship Mm. and there does seem to be a part of you that actually likes him Mm. right romantically Mm -hmm. and it's not even necessarily just like you're not repulsed by him otherwise you wouldn't be in a relationship with him whatsoever exactly so there is an element of you that is attracted to him and at least can tolerate being, this sounds so terrible, but we're going to have to talk, talk about it in these terms. There is a part of you that can tolerate him physically because you've been in a relationship with him for three years and you've been very happy. Mm. It seems that you've been very, very happy. You haven't said anything negative about him yeah. apart from the fact that you're not physically attracted, attracted to him. This is where it gets a bit sticky because really it is about you and how much investment you put in physical attraction i don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to want to be physically attracted to your boyfriend okay and i think you need to like make a distinction between are you physically attracted to him or do you want him to be attractive if that makes sense yeah so there's the conventionally attractive or people find him attractive that kind of thing yeah. versus do you actually think Are that you, you can lay with this man do you know what i mean Ooh, so no but there is that do you know what i mean 100%. and i think it's something that's discussed and given more grace in male communities 100%. where it's like yo i ain't getting with a chick unless she's a baddie yeah, or like yeah, i'm yeah. physically attracted to her yeah whereas for women we tend to be a little bit more um allowing in the looks department because there's other elements of like you know men that we we might value more or it's just not something that women think of as as important as as these other factors Mm. so real really i can't tell you to like break up with him Mm -hmm. and i also can't tell you to stay with him because it's actually down to you and you're waiting towards that physical attraction i will say don't feel guilty for not feeling physically attracted to him i think sometimes we can think oh okay like i'm just gonna go along with this because everything is good I'm happy, he's happy, but you're still harboring that feeling of discontentment inside and you're feeling guilty about Mm. it. There's no need to feel guilty about it. It's natural. You are attracted to who you're attracted to. I think you also need to inspect why you're not physically attracted to him. Is it something that is like just genuinely, objectively, you don't find him attractive or is it because you have certain specifications as to what you have decided to find physically attractive that he can never fit, mm. right? So even in terms of like you giving him a chance, again, it do, to me, it signifies he's not he's not clapped enough for you to have not been with him, yeah. right? So there is a part of him that you're actually attracted to. The international to. sisters to be clapped is to be <laughs> unattractive. Uh, just a urban dictionary for you. In the UK, <laughs> I don't want to say the other ones because they sound so harsh. But yeah, I don't know who came up with that. But thing is rude. Yeah, 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 ah, yeah. Zombie. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's not unattractive enough for you to have like left him a long time ago. Mm. So I, I personally think there has to be something there. Hundred percent. Having said that, you do also need to consider the long, the longevity of your relationship, right? Is this somebody that you want to settle down with? Is this somebody that you're considering like having children with? Mm. Is this somebody that in the long term you would be committed to 
lying with this man mm. do you know what i mean like it's it's one thing to be in a relationship with someone and like oh you know that we're going through the motions things are positive but in terms of like it sounds like you want to build a life with this person yeah. not that everything is going to be perfect but if it is that this is a real deficit you actually genuinely need to consider if this Facts. is a long-term relationship Facts. to be had and it sounds terrible and it sounds really like Oh, shallow in a way, but physical attraction is really important when it comes to maintaining relationships. Yeah. I don't care what anybody has to say. Like, not even just the the girl needs to be physically attractive. The you guy. need to the guy. You need to be attracted to that 100%. man. You have to. You it's have to. necessary for the relationship to thrive. How can you be romantic with someone you don't find attractive? No. It doesn't make sense. Because no. you're gonna have to look. Let's speak frankly. You're going to have to kiss this man. You're going to have to have sex with them repeatedly. They're going to, you know, mix genetics with you when it comes to having kids. Let's be frank. Are you happy with that? Yeah. And if you're not, it has far more ramifications than the immediate, oh, I don't think he's that yeah. cute. Yeah, yeah. This is a life partner. Yo, I'm not saying be shallow, but physical attraction is important. Yeah, I think you've got the depth there. And I think that's what makes this dilemma hard yeah. because he's a good guy, right? Exactly. By what you're saying. Um, and if you feel good with him, I think, like you said, my mind would go to, am I unattracted to things in you that could change? Because if they can change, we need to change them ASAP. If it's like, I don't like the way you dress, I don't like that's the true. way you smell, I don't, whatever it is. We, no, but those things no, are but fixable. how you gonna be with somebody for three years you ain't like how they smell? Did you say three years? Yeah. Since you've been with this man for three yes. years, first of all, my comprehension skills are whack, <laughs> yeah? You've been with this man already for three years. Nah, you, you, you love this man. You actually do. You love this man. You have to customize him no, at you. this point. <laughs> Not build a bear. I know it's not build a bear, but in this sense, if you can like, tolerate him for three if years. you can tolerate somebody for three years, there's enough there to work with because you've been working with it, exactly, right? Exactly. I think it gets to this point of, okay, unless you've been in the relationship because you felt like it would be bad for me to leave, not just because he's unattractive, but like it would be bad towards him and it would just kind of make me feel sad if I lost him. Mm. Why would you leave now kind of thing? Now, I would understand, okay, if the attraction could never come, you gotta dip yep you've put three years it was a grievous error grievous. you know we move on we move on we evolve right however if you feel like no there are stuff that like i was saying could be changed about him to make him more attractive to me i would say go on that journey of changing it mm. i would i would especially because you've you've got to think more than just his qualities as a person right. you now have three years of memories and three years of experience experience with each other and three years where you've developed such intimacy to the point where you are past the shallow now whilst whilst the superficial matters yeah you are now in the deep you are i would think right you're now in the deep but at the same time you're only 24 so it's not too late to jump ship but it's never too late to jump That's ship. Sad, but in the man. sense that like you could find another relationship like that if you wanted to. Um, mm. That's conditioned on so many different things. Mm. But like in the sense that you're young, right? Okay, you've been in a relationship for three years. It's not like it's taken half of your life up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, however, I'm kind of leaning more towards the side of if you could change something, you got to change something. You got to... You got to change some things. And if after changing the things, it's still like, no, I don't want you. 
baby girl, you've got to leave. Don't put that man through that. Don't Honestly. put yourself through that. Um, because physical attraction really does matter. Yeah. And I mean, I would say you shouldn't have given it a chance in the first place, but we cannot go back to the past. So all we could do is move forward, moving forward. Customizations. And there's things, I think there's things you can change. Oh, babe. There's I don't like the way you, you dress. Change. And the thing is, you're three years deep, right? This is when you can have good, honest conversation, right? Not rude, not degrading. Because you're, I'm going to stick beside him. You're yeah, there. Yeah, do you get what yeah, I mean? Yeah. At the end of the day, you can just be like, babes, we're going shopping. Change the wardrobe. I bought you this perfume. You're only wearing this from now. <laughs> Okay. Um, Take off the bowler hat. Do you get what I mean? Go and get this kind the of trim. Waistcoat. Do you remember back in the day when they used to wear, you know, the denim jeans? Yeah. And then the waistcoat over the shirt? Oh, yeah. I don't know anyone who personally dressed like that. Me neither. But, but I've seen it on that, TV. Yeah. Horrible era. Yeah. A horrible era. So, yeah, like, there are things that you can change if he's also willing to change them, of course. You can't mm. force it onto anybody. But I think it's worth having the conversation if it is you know kind of aesthetic things that are displeasing you if it like renee mentioned is fundamental things that he cannot change like his height his race his actual face composition i think you've got to leave you've got to make an exit no but like or like his size or like no but certain things like you got with somebody but like maybe you have the hopes that they will change but then it's like there are some things that cannot change do you get what i mean or that they don't want to change so for example like i got with this guy or this girl they're kind of you know a bit bigger than the sort of people that i would usually go to but they can lose weight but what if they don't want to lose weight do you Mm, know what i mean this is just who they are right and i think at some point as as awkward as it may be i think it's freeing for the both of the part for both of the parties for them to just leave each other because if you're not satisfied with me and i also am not satisfied with the fact that you're not satisfied with me and i'm not going to change for that why are we trying to force why are we trying to make fetch happen Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen do you Mm -hmm. know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i think the more we deceive ourselves on that the longer we stay in things that we have no business being in and so just be honest with yourself at this point are there things that i can change if yes great let's change them if no bounce because you're always going to have this lingering sore and it will creep up it will come up imagine having an exactly and having an argument with a man you don't you think it's ugly how you raise to take the bass out of your voice with your face looking at me like this (laughs) you look like the bottom of a shoe stop it and you're trying to get rid of me that's the thing like we've said this before people can be petty this is it people can be very petty and don't be shocked when pettiness rise up, rises up. You say something so rude from the inside of you. He'll me. just be like, "Oh, babe, I didn't like your chicken. Well, I don't like your face. So How about what do that? Do? Your breath smells. Your teeth are ugly. <gasps> you know teeth. But thank God for dentistry. Yeah, yeah. Teeth. Thank God for dentistry. Teeth. Jeez. Anyways. Ah uh, well. Another dilemma in the archives. Damn. Sis, give us an update though. We're all invested now. For sure. We want to know how this is. And also sisters, we'd love to hear like your thoughts on this dilemma as well. Have any of you had this experience before? Like anyone that has dated? Because for me personally, I don't date me. You're not attracted to. I've done it before. Really? That I wasn't attracted to initially. Fine. But they grew on me. Okay. Yeah, they actually really did grow on me. But was it like, there wasn't, like they weren't ugly. You didn't find them ugly. Oh yeah, no, I don't find yeah. them ugly. No, I don't think anyone could do that because I think that's like your physical attraction to somebody. Says somebody is what gives them access into the door mm. to be able to show themselves, right? So yeah, I wasn't like repulsed. 
not repulsed. There has to be some. Have you seen that trend on? Um, oh, it's such a terrible trend mm. on the Twitter where folks be sending pictures of a guy that let's say is just not particularly handsome to their mum or their father and saying that this is my boyfriend. No. And the response is, oh no. <laughs> one person sent it to their mum and they <laughs> scream face. And then another one was like, Vicky. Vicky, Vicky, how many times did I call you? You know what? It's actually <laughs> mad out here because, like, it is sad that we sometimes struggle to get past the exterior and we can't see a person with a good heart. Mm. And I think, above all, we should really cherish character. Like, sis, I'm not going to lie to you. If somebody is good to you and they make you happy, mm. try and change as much as you can about the exterior. But at the same time, I know attraction is important, but I don't understand personally how you can go three years into a relationship. You're telling me you haven't like kissed this guy or like you just haven't had an inkling of butterflies or a hug. Like I'm sure there are things that you have overcome already. There are stages you've, bases that you've already covered, right? How are you going to look this man in the, the face when you wake up in the morning? But my thing is, how have you been doing it already? That's, yeah, you must have. You must there has like to be. You some, must. That's what I'm trying to get to. There has to be something to. that has been keeping you far past more his for character. My sisters too, though, because man, them would never do that. Beyond like, it sounds terrible, but beyond like, you know, a drunken fling, mm. man, them are very particular about like the girls that they go for. You know what? I hear it right. However, I also think there are there are is a class of guys out there who whilst their standards may be high, are happy to kind of compromise on some of their physical um, physical traits mm. for somebody whose character is good. Fair. Do you get what I mean? Like, okay, you may not be everything. I think about like when guys mature and they're kind of looking for that wife mm. and they're like, I want her to be all of these things internally. I can compromise on the external a little bit, but mm. I don't think they compromise as much as women no, do. They don't, no. Do you get what I mean? And they also, in terms of like at least facial composition, yeah, irrespective of character, they go like it's usually like, oh, okay, maybe her bum is not as big as I'd like. Yeah, like, she hasn't got as much breast as yeah. I want, but she's got a nice face. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Jesus Christ, girls, um, girls, ladies, yeah. ladies. Yeah, I'm gonna leave it there. Yeah. Also, one thing you've got to understand is personality does a lot for a person. It really does. Like, I think sometimes somebody can start off as ugly, but then over time you're kind of like, no, this person's lit. Mm. Like this person. And it completely changes the way that you see them. Mm -hmm. But hey, in a superficial world, these are the things that we contend with. It's sad. It's sad. And it like, there are so many intersections of this because you've got to talk about like preferences, right? Mm. And preferences themselves are not necessarily like, unaffected yeah, by environment and some of them they, problematic. They're very problematic and so whilst you can investigate that within yourself i think there is a more you know broader well understood argument of are you actually attracted to this person at the end of the day mm. sis i hope that that gives you enough to contend with if it's made you more confused we're sorry if it's made you more confused, we're going to share some of the sisters' feedback. So Just sisters, please, we'll probably put it either in the comments or we'll post on Instagram yeah. the dilemma. We want to hear your thoughts because yeah. this is a conundrum. Proper. Conundrum. Proper. But quarter-life crisis. Let's get into it. I mean, another form of crisis, actually. 
There we go. That is that another is, oh, form man. of crisis. Everything is a crisis. The oh. cost of living crisis, the quarter life crisis, everything mm. crises. Mm. So, Miss Renee, mm. as a recent uh, 25-year-old, yep. have you experienced a quarter-life crisis or second puberty? Mm. That's a great question. I would say, I wouldn't say I've had an overall crisis. I would mm. say there's definitely been more like existential moments where mm. I'm just actually freaking out about the fact that I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just the different things that we have to contend with or like I have had to contend with mentally, emotionally and actually materially has been sometimes quite overwhelming. Yeah. Um, I have had like my moments of crisis and it can be quite scary. Mm. Um, I've definitely had a second puberty, mm. but I feel like because of some of the behaviors and things that I've been doing over the course of like my early to mid twenties, it hasn't really hit hit. And I think it's more so, I would say more so like points of crisis as opposed to second puberty for Mm. me. So for points of crisis, there will be moments where I actually just wake up and I'm like, damn, this is my life. Like I have to pay bills. Mm. And like thinking about other things in my life as well, where, you know, you've got some friends who are like completely lost and have no idea what they're doing with their lives. And then you've got some friends who are married with like two kids. And then you've got some friends who are doing X, Y, Z. And it's just like, it can be quite difficult sometimes to not compare or to not consider like, am I doing too much? Or like, should I be further along in my life? Or like, should I be doing this? Or should I be doing that? Like, how do I contend with this? Um, And then also thinking about the future as well. So like, how the heck am I going to, you know, get a house or a car and the current economic climate is the world going to be here in 10 years because mm. of climate change mm. and just all of these little like things that snowball into existential crisis or mm. crisis moments. Um, and I think it's definitely been mediated by the fact that I have such fantastic support systems. Mm. So it's like, when I do feel like that, I can come to you and be like, Oh, yo, Courtney, mm, mm, mm. I feel as though yeah. I am extremely overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, what the heck do I do? And just having, you know, the different um, support systems as well, but definitely have those moments. And then in regards to second puberty, I will say, at least physically, things change Mm. a lot. Things change a lot. Yeah, things change a lot. The lactose intolerance that I've been ignoring since I was a kid, that (laughs) flared up quite a bit. As soon as I turned 25, the body just said Mm. no. Mm. And the Mm. things that we used to do when we were um, younger, my body has said, I don't think so. Yeah. So you uh, young kids that are going out at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., leaving your house at 10, 11 p.m., that's the time I'm coming back in because I know how it's going to affect me tomorrow. And just like my tolerance levels for different things has just changed dramatically. Yeah. Um, and thinking about like mentally and emotionally as well, that level of maturity that has come, mm. definitely I would say is part of second puberty. I think mm. that, One thing that people don't really talk about enough is the fact that there's a level of confidence and clarity and level headedness that can accompany getting older. Mm. So whilst I'm still contending with all of these like crisis moments and bodily changes and the reality of like, you know, just crisis all around me, I have never felt more confident in my capacity and confident in some of the decisions that I'm making and as decisive and clear about what I want. Mm. It's still kind of hazy and I'm still growing. But what I found with um each year that comes yes things are changing yes there's like so many different things occurring at the same time i feel overall Mm -hmm. is a plus Mm -hmm. because i feel more confident in myself 
Um, and I accept myself a lot more. Mm. So whilst there's all of these like crazy things going on in my body and like my life, I love the way that my perspective and the way that I feel about myself has changed overall in yeah. response to it. Yeah, that's actually yeah. so beautiful. I think that's a lot of what people kind of contend with. Like I, I think the majority of people are not going through crisis per se. I think they are having those existential kind of moments of questioning who am I? What am I meant to be doing? Am mm. I, like you said, am I doing enough? Am I doing too much? Um, and what is the point of my life, really? Yeah. I think for a, for a while when you are, you know, in the lead up, being a teenager, going to university, if you do, or like just being in the education system, mm. you you get used to the natural progression of things and things are kind of set for you. So you do this, you do that, you do this. These are the next steps. And then right. you kind of get to a point where you're like, Ah, so now I need to decide what's next for me mm. on my own, right? And it really does require a lot of um, confidence, sorry, in your capability to be able to make decisions. And I think when you get to 25, that's when you start questioning your decision making, yeah. whether you have made yep. the right decision so far and whether you will be able to make the correct decisions in the future. And I think that's where our anxiety um, kind of stems from, this mm -hmm. fear about, you know, yes, society has all these expectations of me and yes I also have these internal desires but am I ever am I going to be able to make the right decisions to get me to be able to meet both um and do I even want to meet the former right do I want societal expectations to govern and dictate mm. the direction that I take um I think we contend with these things the more we get older and the more we understand the realities of the demands on our life so like like you said bills relationships like yep. all of these things seem to become very real as much as I feel like when we were younger they seemed very much like an idea it was mm. a future thing it was a you know a vision it was a dream and then you step into it and it's like ah it comes with responsibility right dreams come with so much excitement and thrill but reality and the manifestation of those things come with so much responsibility sure. um, and so much demand on you and I think when you get to you know around the 25 mark when like you rightfully said you're in between this you're in this awkward stage of I'm not young but I'm not old mm. you get to this point where you realize this is all a lot yeah like this is all a lot to live up to and to have to try to do am I capable am I able do I know what I want do I and I think things also start to feel very definite mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. the choices that I make now it's not like when I was a teenager where it's like okay you make a mistake it's fine people cover up for you people you know you'll find your way back to your path it's okay you yeah. know you can yeah. experiment when you get to 25, it can kind of feel like I can't experiment because the window for failure is, is narrower. Small. Petite. You know? And I don't I don't particularly think that is true. Yeah. However, I do think it does get narrower, a little bit narrower than when you were a child. Um, I think that when you turn 25, you realize that you're entering into another quarter of your life where you have just as much time as you just had mm. to try and make the most impact in your life, mm. right? And it's not to say that you have to make the most impact in your life between the ages of 25 and 50, but if we're going to be realistic, that is probably when it's going to happen. Do you get what I mean? And the most changes I feel like are going to come in this time. Right. Like 20, zero to 24 is really just about growing, right? the way you're nurtured and that's why environment is so important and deciding who your friends are and kind of governing your mindsets like you're learning that's what that's what that time is for but now mm -hmm. it's like 
your 25 to 50 is putting what you've learned to practice right right? and then 50 to like 75 is enjoying the fruits of it anything past 75 is just a blessing don't don't kill me don't kill me they said you just hanged on my thread don't ask me to do anything god bless you um but yeah now you are aware that okay you've been taught about you know the different seeds that are in the world friendships money um career all of these things now you've actually got to plant them and Mm. you kind of have to ask yourself am i planting the right seeds in the right place and that becomes hard and it requires so much like i think internal conversation about like you said am i confident in myself Mm. right and i think a lot of us don't have that yet and I think that's what drives us into a point of crisis. Because it's like, I actually can't say I bet on myself. I can't say that I trust myself. I can't say that based on my past performance or the fact that I haven't had certain opportunities that I feel like I've got life patterned out. And I think there's so much pressure when you are 25 to have that figured out. Mm. What's your life going to look like now? Are you thinking about all these things, you know, for the future? And the future just feels so solid it's like the person you choose to marry you're gonna have that person forever are you gonna have kids they're gonna be around forever are you gonna buy a house that's gonna be in your life forever it's kind of like so many forever decisions i just want to be a baby girl Uh, but the time the season to be a baby girl is kind of over as much as you can say it's a mindset we get it it is but at the same time you can't deny life comes with responsibilities you know you can't be frivolous you can be but it has consequences yeah um and you're you're now dealing with the consequences of your choices. Sometimes you gotta put the baby fat denim jeans down in the bag. Put the juicy couture down in the bag. Bring Damn. it out at Halloween. Not Halloween. Yeah, that's the only place it would really. Or be when they have like anything. you know the um, get-togethers, the old school get-togethers. Ah, oh, fair enough. Like a throwback party. Yeah, throwback party. Fair enough. Fair enough. But really and truly, like. 25 reminds you that you need to grow up. Yeah. That, and I think that's the be, yeah. the be on end of it. Like you actually yeah. have to grow up. And as much as you may have struggles, as we all do, right? We all have struggles. You also have to remember that it's your responsibility to get through them. So it becomes about cultivating a level of independence within yourself, which can feel very daunting. Mm. And I think independence can feel very scary. Yeah, yeah. But it is what we, it's freedom at the end of the day. It's times like this that you um, come to understand why Britney shaved her hair though. 100%. I think (laughs) it's funny because when you're growing up, oftentimes we look at the restrictions that we have as kids by Mm. our caregivers or our parents. And we think, oh, I can't wait to grow up and be able to be my own person and do all the things that I want to. Mm. And then it's only when you actually become an adult, like you said, you realize that there's so many responsibilities and caveats and consequences to your behaviors and actions that you can no longer be as frivolous as you wanted to. And you also don't have as much protection as you did growing up. So you can't like, you know, defer, what's the word? accountability when it comes to certain things that happen to you in your life anymore it's no longer you know you're just a kid it's no longer you're just in school it's no longer your parents are taking care of you once you hit you know your early 20s like late 20s get into your 30s it's actually on you and that's a really scary thought it's empowering but it's also scary knowing that the forever decisions that you make you can't blame anybody else if they go wrong that's on you at all like it's all on you. And that's the bit that it can be scary. Like, who's going to help me? You. Who's going to figure this out for me? You. As much as other people can help you, people in your life are resources that you have to put together. Right. Like, you're. this is all just a puzzle that you're trying to solve, right? 
but it's on you to solve it. Um, and it can be scary, especially when I guess you haven't been able to experience the things that are laid up in your future, right? Mm. You're not there yet, Mm -hmm. but you kind of have to question now whether you're prepared adequately for it, or at least you're preparing adequately for it. Um, And there's just so many questions that surround career, Mm. family, body issues. Like I think um, one thing for me, like post 25 is, is that my reproductive system has completely changed. And it's like, oh, mm -hmm. hello, what's, going on hello down there right um and now you have to take responsibility over your health right mm. going to see your gynecologist like going to get pap smears i was literally about to say yeah. ladies go and get your pap smears please yeah. please please because you don't know what could be going on down there yeah and there's so many women that have issues with their reproductive system that go undiagnosed because they don't go to a gynecologist yeah. they don't get their smear test yeah. so please please take control of your health yeah. not just health in terms of like going to see a doctor but yeah. also your reproductive health exactly. particularly exactly yeah exactly so it's about taking responsibility over certain things and la- laying yourself up not just for your future but also for your present comfort i think that there whilst we may be going through you know a quarter life crisis per se there is an opportunity to find peace of mind mm. um and i mean i don't personally think i've gone through a quarter life crisis per se but i've definitely similarly to you like gone through physical changes mental changes mm. which have made me question a mm. lot of my plans right and whether i'm pro- yeah, be productively yeah, yeah, yeah. working towards yeah. them um but it's also given me an opportunity to assess is this actually what i want and i think that that's very freeing to get to a point where you're like actually I'm getting to a defining point of becoming my own person. No longer do I need to live under the expectations of everybody else Mm. at this point, because I am responsible for my own life and I am responsible for my own decisions. I need to decide what I actually want because I know that that's the thing that's most deserving of my energy and of my attention. Um, And I think that that's an amazing place to be when you're 25. It gives you a junction to really assess your energy distribution and what is worthy of your time and your effort. And I think that also leads into another part of the conversation I want to talk about, because I think when people talk about second puberty, they're often talking about physical changes, Mm. weight gain, weight Mm. loss, um, reproductive health, adult acne, which a lot of people go through, which then incites a new amount of insecurity um, about yourself, metabolism, well i was gonna say metabolism changes, but metabolic changes Mm -hmm. um, in your body and, all of these things, gut health, which oh, is health. a current trend you know on TikTok, I mean? right? Lot, yeah. Which has me questioning everything. Like gut health, mental health, going to therapy. There feels like there are all these changes happening around your mental um, and physical well-being, right? And that's essentially what second puberty is. It's just like, it's not really a scientific thing. It's not mm. like anything's happening in your hormones. Like you're, um, you're not you know becoming an adult you're already an adult but it's now the realization that your body is adjusting Mm. to that adulthood right Mm -hmm. um and it's going to let you know like you said like there are certain clicks i'll be hearing in my body that i'm like i'm far too young do you know what i mean for my niece to sound like that i don't mm, what no my finna sit down and hit i unsubscribe (laughs) no i don't want it get the collagen out asap exactly be, be making sure you're taking your vitamins and your supplements and you're having a good diet, okay? Yep. That's what will help you a lot. But also, 
the reason why I mentioned all of that is I think second puberty and conversations about quarter life crisis can often surround the physical and the mental. And I think that's important, you know, all about learning and growing over here. However, as people who are also invested in building healthy and authentic relationships, mm. I think when you get to 25, another part of the quarter life crisis is who is for me? Who do I need to leave behind? Right. What's going on with my relationships? Not just romantically, but also my friendships. And that's what I wanted to talk about because in the sisterhood, you know, we talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. When you get to 25, do you feel like you get to a point where you also kind of look around and you think, who are my friends? And not just who are my friends as in I don't have any, but who are my friends as in who do I want close, right? And who yeah. have I built intimate relationship with? Um, I think growing up, you kind of, sorry, I just asked you a question. I didn't let you answer that. Oh, child, go on. That's okay, girl. <laughs> you know, um, when you're in the thick of conversation, yeah. you know, things are flowing, <laughs> juicing, yeah. whatnot. <laughs> wow. Um, the first thing that I'll say is I actually read a book recently called The Defining Decade. I would recommend that you guys pick that up, mm-hmm. especially if you're going for a quarter life crisis where mm-hmm. you just want to figure out the best way to utilize and leverage the most of your 20s as well as your 30s. There's some really good like nuggets in there mm-hmm. for like early 30s and late 30s too. So I definitely recommend picking it up. So the funny thing about that is I feel like there's a divergence even in that, right? Some people can get to the mid to late 20s and be like, oh, I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to decide to allow things to just fall into place. Whoever's for me is for me and whoever's against me is against me and all that kind of stuff. They're not necessarily directive, but they don't realize that that's a choice in of itself, that you deciding to lack accountability and allow like the universe to dictate, you know, your relationships is a choice in of itself. Then you get the folks who I'm hoping are within this sisterhood that are more directive. They're more inclined to be very intentional about their relationships. They've gone to a point where they've had enough life experience to know or have an inclination of the kind of relationships that they want to carry forward. Um, and they're starting to actually go through the process knowingly on, or unknowingly of evaluating the relationships they currently have. So it's not a surprise. Many people get to like their mid twenties and be like, why is my friend acting up? Could it be that they were always acting up and you chose not to see it? Mm. Um, you get to a point and you're kind of like, mm, I don't really enjoy this person's presence mm. as much as I did. Could it be that, you know, you're starting to desire something else or you've been suppressing a desire for companionship in order to allow this relationship to flourish? Mm. So I think we get to a place where you have to, A, choose to want to be intentional about your relationships. And then when you have chosen to be intentional, you have to make sure that you're reading the signs and you have to make sure that you start to be a bit more intentional about laying out what you want in your relationships. Mm. I think sometimes we can overwhelmingly focus on romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. So it's common to be like, ah, you know, I'm getting to my mid to late twenties. I want to get married. I want to, you know, have kids and have a family, which is all well and good. Mm -hmm. And something you actually should be thinking about, you know, um, again, bringing up reproductive health and thinking about if you do want to have children or if you do want to have a companion, now's a great time to be thinking about it. But equally, don't allow that to completely overshadow all of the other relationships that you have your professional relationships if you're stuck in a job that you know has absolutely no relevance to what you want to do in the next five to ten years you have got to move Mm. if you are stuck in friendships or you feel like your friendships are not you know fruitful or um they're not particularly helpful towards your development either way then now's the time to change (laughs) haha buy the two my sister's book when it drops because that would be Mm. very directive and helpful (laughs) plug for that um but yeah, now is the time, if you are starting to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. in your relationships, that is a indicator of the fact that you need to move, mm-hmm. you need to act, you need yeah. to be more intentional. Yeah. And you have to 
incorporate it. I love the fact that you brought up relationships as part of like the quarter life crisis because mm. there's just so much emphasis on, yeah, my body is changing mm-hmm. and, you know, my money and adulting and mm. stuff. Relationships, like um, I was reading an article earlier that was talking about the biggest regrets that people have. I mm-hmm. think I've mentioned it before um, when they get to like their 70s, 80s and 90s. And one of the biggest like themes around regret is relationships. Yeah. And if they could go back in time, they would have been a lot more bolder. They would have been clearer. They would have communicated better. They would have gone for the relationships that scared them because yeah. at least they took the shot. Yeah. Now is the time. Forget just like shooting your shot in your career and shooting your shot in like other areas. In your relationships, now is the time to shoot your shot. Mm. Shoot your shot. Mm. This may be one of the, not the last times, but one of the last times in this particular season in your life that you can make the most of being intentional and building relationships that will allow you to flourish well into your 30s, well into your 40s, well into your 50s. And then also um, thinking about things like loneliness and Mm. thinking about avenues and um, opportunities to make friends. Mm. As you get older, it it becomes more difficult to make friends. It becomes really, really difficult. Now is the time, if you're not happy in your friendships, to either put the work in or Mm. make new ones. Now is the time because... When you get older, you're going to have way more responsibilities. As you have seen, as you have approached this time, it's already difficult maintaining relationships. Mm. You have to think about people's calendars and, you know, some of your friends have kids now and some of your friends don't, but you're you're working or you have other responsibilities and other things to think about. That's only going to increase as you get older. So now is the time to really be thinking, what are the relationships that I want to invest in? Not just for this time, but actually as lifelong friends Mm. lifelong partners Mm. lifelong relationships Mm. i think this point is like pivotal and the beginning yeah i have spoken quite a bit no that was those are all gems that was excellent (laughs) that was on point no 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 it was really deep and i think it's yeah i think and i think we're all trying to get it together like we're all working towards trying to be better Mm. and that's okay but i think in that journey that we make towards self-betterment we all come to crossroads where we choose to change yeah and i think this is one of the things that cause us to feel like our relationships become turbulent at 25 think about how much growth and change in mindsets um in desires you have had in the last 25 10 15 years whatever Mm. Since being a teenager, you've probably gone through a range of, I want to be this, I want to be that, I don't like yeah. this. So actually now I like it. Um, You know, I, I like this person. I don't like this person. I am this, this is my personality. No, this is my personality. You've gone through so much self-discovery and so much transformation that by the time you get to 25, you've probably been 17 different people, mm. right? In in the way that you are. There are core things to your essence. There are core things to your um, who you are that probably have stayed the same and consistent. But there have also been, I guess, things that are more accessory that have changed about you, right? You may have been exposed to a wealth of information, a wealth of resources and content, which have completely shifted your priorities. Or like with the kids example, you have gone through life experiences which have changed you as a person, not just the time that you're able to commit to things, but also the way you think and view the world. And we are all going through that process of evolution. When you get to a place where you have evolved and the people around you have evolved, there now needs to be a questioning as to whether you are still compatible. Mm. And that's why a lot of us get this kind of crisis of, 
I might need to change my circle because I've evolved and they've evolved and who we are now is no longer compatible. And I think we need to embrace the fact that with changing ages and changing seasons needs to be sometimes a change of environment and a change of companions. Mm. And it can be hard to let that go, but it is very much so necessary. Um, And it doesn't necessarily just mean letting go of the people who you've had in your life all the time. But I think it's the nature of your relationships changing, the natures of your conversations changing, Mm. and also welcoming new people in your life who can aid in more evolution on your part, right? Or who can aid in being a support system as you journey towards this new find, newfound um, goal or vision for your life for the next 25 or 50 years or whatever that may be. Mm. Um, Embracing the fact that new people are going to come along and you need to let them in, right? You need to let people into your life who can help you with the future. Um, and not just help you, but also who you just click with at this point. When you realize that, okay, you're no longer, your childhood friends, it's no longer really working, right? It can be very easy to stay in these things because of obligation, mm. right? Because of time. I think we need to be as future focused and future oriented in our picking of the people who we allow to take part in our lives as we are time sensitive or like we are basing it on history that's what i'm trying to say like our history means a lot but that's that's also our past yeah yeah. our future means a lot based on those two things who am i journeying with for the rest of this time and who am i actually um who have i built intimacy enough with to want to embark on the future with them right so even if you feel like your goals or your mindsets no longer are aligned Mm. you may have found such support in this person to the point where you support each other no matter what right it may cause there to be varying distance between you now Mm. but that's okay and I think at 25, we get to that point or mid, you know, mid 20s, you get to that point where you're like, oh, I'm not as close as this person as I used to be. I'm not as or I'm now closer with a different person than mm. I used to be. And um, I think the the demands of life draw us closer or further away to the people that we need and the people who are beneficial to us. But I think the thing with quarter life crisis crises is that it's only a problem when you problematize it. Yeah. Some things are just natural. Some things are just yeah. normal. Like you may feel so panicky at the fact, and I, I use this as a point of encouragement because you may feel so panicky at the fact I'm losing friends. I like my money, my career. I don't know where I'm at. There's just so much confusion, so much unknown um, and feelings of so much loss or so much dread. Am I normal? Am I okay? Like what's going on? But the truth of the matter is you are normal. This is very common, mm. right? And losing friends can be a common occurrence now it doesn't necessarily mean like all your friends x you out and you x all your friends out and you're burning bridges left right and center that's reckless and we never condone that kind of behavior however it may look like you questioning or just noticing distance and proximity um and reevaluating your boundaries as well like for a lot of us we may not have made friends with intentionality up until this point it Mm. may have just been because of like we've always mentioned in the past convenience um and also just c- the common life 
life stages. Like yeah. we're both in university, we're both taking this course, we're both at school, we're both in the same class. That's what made us friends. But now we're getting to a point where do I actually intentionally still mm. want to be your friends? And also if I want to make friends, do it's I not like going you? to be done. Exactly. If I want to make friends, it's not going to be done based on just common proximity anymore. If I'm actually going to find my people and my tribe and the people who are going to help me into my destiny, it's going to require intentionally looking out for them. And it may be in the spaces that I am not yet in. Mm. Um, And so taking that step out of the boat to be like, you know, am I going to start going to networking events more? Am I going to start going to events more generally? Um, Am I going to be more open to speaking to people, kind of come out of my shell a little bit? Or am I going to find people who have common interests with me? Well, where can I find those people? It's about having conversations that at least put you out there to embrace the new, but also having conversations with the people who have been in your life up until this point about Mm. the changes that are happening in you and how they can assist in that. Um, But also just making them acquainted with the new you. I think a lot of us get to a stage where we're like I've evolved I've changed but you're the old you around your old friends Mm. do you know what I mean and I think it's good to just have a level of consistency around well actually this is the person that I am now these are the things that I have found whether it be like faith or new philosophies um or new boundaries right new things that you do and do not do you've got new rules basically you turn 25 and now you've got new rules rules if that is the case welcome other people to be a part of that right don't feel as though you can't show your new self and the person who you want to be to the people who have known the old versions of you we always emphasize here that you need people who will allow you to evolve around you so yeah 25 you're evolving find people around you who will also allow you to evolve and that could be the old people it could be the new people but whoever it is just make sure that they can handle your evolution um because that should always be your number one priority in building relationships what are some some of the practical tips you could give to someone who feels like they are experiencing a quarter life crisis if there were like top two top Mm -hmm. two tips you could give to someone who feels Mm -hmm. like ah my life is falling apart i'm scared what would you say lend us your wisdom oh gosh there's so much to say so much to say um this is less so a tip and more so a preface to all of this. And the first is to um, allow your perspective to change. So I think sometimes when we are faced with crisis, there is a tendency to like dramatize and like make sure, it feels like everything is crashing in on you. And it's not easy to say change your perspective, but try to find opportunities for you to like see the good in things as opposed to the negative. And I promise you that will carry you in terms of like tips and in terms of like just becoming more confident and feeling more um, settled and peaceful in these changes. Definitely try and see the positive and stuff and try to be a bit more um, optimistic about some of the changes that are occurring and definitely try and get grounded in something that's bigger than yourself. Word to like the fact that we are women of faith. Um, I think one of the real important like pivots in and and grounding forces in my life is knowing that you know I am looking to somebody and something that is not changing so even in amidst all of the chaos and the changes and um everything else knowing that at least I've got G.O.D. up there and there's a plan for my life with all of these changes so that's more big picture Mm. stuff in terms of like small picture practical things that you can do on a day-to-day basis one thing that I like to do is I like to split up it's kind of like um, what I do at the beginning of the year but I like to do it on a quarterly basis and that's like actually review the changes that I've been experiencing people like to do it um 
through journaling and stuff like that but i do it in a more structured way mm. and so far as like every quarter or so or like every like month or two months i will actually have some time away by myself where i might you know go and spend the day at like a cafe for example some kind of like different environment that's more neutral and outside of like my personal environment um and then i will actually split up my life into various different themes and spheres and i will log the changes that i felt or i have experienced over the course of like um the past few like months or so so for example physical changes what have you noticed that has changed with you physically mm. have you been feeling um how have you been faring what are the day like what are the patterns that you're mm. noticing so for example could it be that you are waking up later in the day how are your energy levels in general are you like generally low in energy what are the changes that you have marked over a period of time that are alarming you because mm. sometimes when we don't track the changes kind of like oh my life is changing what's going on this gives you the opportunity to not only see trends, but also reverse engineer and see if there's any like potential triggers that can be managed or um, can be changed. So I think physical obviously is one of the easiest ones to see those kind of changes. So whether it be that you're finding that, you know, your periods are a little bit more painful now that you've gotten older, that might mean that you need to actually schedule a check-in at some point. But being able to actually sit with yourself on a quarterly basis and say, these are the changes that I have logged in my emotional, mental and physical and material um well-being then i can say mm. these are the actions that i want to take to either change mm. or embrace it mm. could be that there are some positive changes i think sometimes with quarter life crisis again we can dramatize and make it a really negative experience when really it could be an opportunity for you to identify what are the good things that are happening mm. what are the good changes that are happening even when it comes to like physical changes for example like oh, okay i'm feeling out a little bit you know i'm looking a little thickums mm. in some places that could be a positive change um, another positive change that could come is you feel more assertive and happy in the choices that you're making on mm. a day-to-day -day basis, the way that you engage with people. So take some actual time out to regularly review the changes as they come up in your mm. life, identify the trends, and then ascribe some kind of action at the end of that session to help you feel like you're more in control and mm. more um, empowered by the fact that these changes are happening and yeah. you can actually respond to them so, yeah. so that's my first tip yeah the next tip that i would um encourage one to do man i'm in between like three but i gotta pick like one <laughs> in the spirit of community talk to other people mm. and like not you know like sometimes you have conversations with people that are like catch up and people will be telling you all about their life or like you know i'm doing this i've achieved this i've achieved this grab a close friend and make sure you guys are doing debriefs with each other. Because I think sometimes when you feel as though things are falling apart and life is falling apart, it feels like you're one man on one ship when really you're one man, you're multiple people on a ship. You're just in different rooms. Mm -hmm. Get out of your room and band mm -hmm. together and try and see, is this something that's common to other people? Yeah. Is this something that's common to just me? Yeah. Um, where are the places that you can support somebody and where are the places that they can support you. Yeah. So like if you are having like troubles with, you know, feeling control over your finances, maybe it's time that you grab the sister on your left that's actually really good at handling yeah. her finances and who has cracked this thing to give you some tips and tricks. And then you can also exchange your knowledge on an area that she might have a deficit at. It might be that you're really, really good at making really good friendships. Like you've got solid, solid friends. Mm -hmm. And the sister over here who's really great at finances is really struggling to have like, solid friendships so exchange knowledge with other women mm. in particular it will really really help there's so much like information already and content around um women's coming of age and mm. i feel like more women are starting to embrace sharing you know 
demystifying motherhood mm. or demystifying careers or demystifying entrepreneurship or this is what I experienced during second um second puberty. Knowledge will be your superpower, but you can supercharge your superpower by investing in community powered so knowledge. Good. Community knowledge because even with like when I think of like scientifically, second puberty is not necessarily a thing, mm-hmm. but sometimes community like knowledge and sometimes like the experiences that women have are not necessarily captured in scientific literature mm. or not necessarily captured in traditional um, spaces that knowledge is produced. So it's really important to have these kind of communities, these kind of spaces where women can share the knowledge of their lived experience mm. and the knowledge of the things that they've actually gone through yeah. to help you with your own journey. Yeah. So I think those are the two tips. That's excellent. I think on the back of the second one, um, surrounding yourself with people who have experienced this stage Mm. and have also moved past it. For sure. So I think you can become, if you have got a lot of people around you who are your peers, peers in age, peers Mm. in stage of life, it can feel very daunting because you both feel like the ship, the metaphorical ship is shaking and you're both in it together, right? Mm. But I think there is something special about people who have already reached the shore and who can guarantee you that though the ship is shaking, it won't sink. And so having people's wisdom, their experiences, their past, their knowledge of their past to be able to kind of inform you of the fact that this is how you navigate kind of rocky terrain, um, whether it just be internally, you're having this, you know, instability, it's okay to ask people who have already moved through it how did you get through it and mm. ask them to kind of help you navigate. Um, I think that's the beauty of having sisters around you who are different ages and are at and who are at different stages of life that have produced different levels of responsibility and skill within them. Um, so don't be shy. Don't be shy to ask, you know, somebody, can I take you out to coffee? Can I ask you about X, Y, Z? I've seen that you've already done this. How did you figure out what you wanted to be when you grew up? How did you, you know, go about pursuing your careers and really cherish the fact that you get to hear those stories mm-hmm. and that they, those stories can give you insight and wisdom that you can apply to your own life right now. Um, you don't actually have to do this alone. And as much as, like you said, we're all asking ourselves the same question. And so take comfort in the fact that, yeah, you don't know, but a whole a bunch of other people also don't know and feel right. just as insecure, just as, um, who, or I feel as though they are lacking just as much confidence. However, there are people who have asked themselves those questions and have found the answers or may have realized that there are no answers to those questions. So just stop asking yourself. Yeah. Um, I think that that can bring you a whole bunch of peace of mind. So surround yourself with a range of experiences, a range of life stages, um, and it will help you get through this there is life beyond the quarter life crisis there really okay? is, you know. um they really be chilling as well living their best exactly life. they really do and i think you can take a lot of inspiration from that like find somebody who really does inspire you and ask them to guide you as a mentor or as just a friend um it's beneficial it really mm. is beneficial and i think the second thing is as much as it may feel like everything in your life is out of control right now take control of it. Mm. And the way you do that is by, like you said, with your first point, make an actual action plan that you are going to follow and dedicate yourself to following it. I think a lot of us can become so attached to the turbulence and we stay in the season for way too long, way too long. Like you let, you leave yourself I don't know for you're saying I don't know for too long Mm. actually contend with the questions and this isn't to put pressure on you to have it all figured out at some point 
um, sorry, at one point, right? By 25, you should have it all figured out. No, right. but at some point, you should have some things figured out, right? What are you actually doing? Mm. And as much as you may not know what the road looks like and the exact path you're going to take to reach your final destination and for the rest of your life, you should know what your next step is, you know, at least at the very, the very least, least, at yeah. the very least, know what your next step is. And this is an e- it's way easier said than done. But if you're really committed to glowing and growing at some point, you have to tell yourself you have to figure this out. Right. And whether that's locking yourself in the room, your room or going to a cafe or sitting down with people and being like, help me figure this out, at least be searching for the answers. I think that's the place where you start to build your confidence, Mm. knowing that I actually have the capacity and I have the methods to be able to solve the questions that I actually have. I am not stumped. Because what think about taking any test, right? If you have a question put in front of you that you really don't know, what's the immediate feeling failure and hopelessness right Mm. however if you have taken time to be diligent in your study and your vision to know how to approach it even if you get a question that you have never seen before because the numbers are different the letters are different the equations are different whatever it is you at least you know the method right and so cultivating that confidence of saying I may not have been faced with this specific issue because quarter life crisis is just the first of many problems we're going to experience as women as we develop right Whilst I may not have been presented with this specific challenge before, I have been challenged in the past. And these are the things that I cultivated for me. But also this is the wealth of knowledge that I have in my memory bank from the things that I have read and the things that I've consumed and the people that I know to help me fight this properly. This is a great time to cultivate the tools you need to fight any battle that you come against. And yes, there are going to be things that feel new. There are going to be things that feel as though they are going to overwhelm you. But at least then you can depend on your track record of the fact that I have been challenged before and I was not taken under. Mm, I may have been overwhelmed, but I was not defeated. And so cultivate a level of confidence in you that says I might not have it all figured out right now, but at some point I will. And at some point I'm going to ace it and you have to I'm going to win. Right be encouraged by that fact because it's easy to feel discouraged by the fact that you have questions having questions is not wrong doubting yourself is not wrong the question is whether you allow yourself to stay in that mindset of doubt Mm. right and constant insecurity and battling with yourself as to whether you are good enough as to whether you know enough if you feel like you don't know enough get to know more if you feel like you're not good enough really inspect where that is coming from right and the doubts that have crept into your heart and the fears that have crept into your heart. And I, I think the reason why I really wanted to talk about this topic today is because a lot of us enter quarter life crises because we are scared. Mm. You're scared that the future may not be as good as you really want it to be. This is your reminder that the future is what you'll make it. And you are going to be faced with very like unexpected things, right? Things that you would never have put on your vision board. Unex- scares, scans that might not give you the right results doctor's appointments that end up go you know you're being told bad things um breakups makeups trauma loss gain all of these things it's going to be a turbulent ride but hang on all right Mm. hang on to the ride you're not going to fall over unless you choose to give way for sure all right so it's okay it's okay to not have it figured out it's okay to feel like man why am i constantly feeling insecure about these things cultivate some confidence within yourself um by getting equipped by your knowledge your your circle your circle really matters when you're at this these sensitive 
points because it is sensitive. Mm. You feel very susceptible to anything, right? Anything can knock your confidence because your confidence is already very fragile in that moment. So surround yourself with good people um, who can help you navigate it. But yes, I have also natted on. It's time for this episode to come to an end. (laughs) We hope that this has been some kind of encouragement and comfort for you. If Mm. you are navigating this yourself to all our sisters listening to us in the future, maybe we'll make an episode when we're like 30 and we figured it out. Okay. Yeah. So definitely check the more recent episodes talking to the TMS listeners of 2027. Um, (laughs) Do you know in like YouTube, when you come back to an old and you're like, Hey, listening to this in 2027. Yeah. Yeah, Shout out to y'all. But, um, so the sisters listening to us now, rocking with us right now. We hope that this was encouraging. We hope that it was comforting. Um, and we hope it gave you food for thought as you go into your week, okay? But if you want to continue in the conversation, make sure that you follow us across all socials. This, the socials are popping off. Popping. The girls are loving the content. Why are you not? Why are you not there? And why are you like gatekeeping? Oh, it's a bigger question. So if you want to follow us, it's <laughs> at to my sisterhood. Okay. You can follow our individual pages as well. I am at CD Boatin. She is Renee Kapuku. Follow us both. But please share the profiles. Share the handles. You know I mean? Share the podcast. Share the love. Share the video. Share. All right. Save it, download it. Sisterhood is all about sharing. Okay. So as much as you are listening to us, invite another sister to listen to us. Okay. It could be your mom, it could be your sister, it could be your auntie, it could be a cat. We do not discriminate. Yeah, we don't discriminate. All right. Bring all the women. And you can also bring the men because some of them need to be hearing it. Okay. Yeah, there was actually one guy that commented and I was like, Oh, I feel like I'm like eavesdropping when I listen to the TMS podcast. Like I know you guys talk about community of sisters. Can I listen? All that jazz. Of course you can listen. The internet is free I mean, to anybody. I mean, listen. Enjoy. Enjoy. This content is as much for you as it is for anybody else. And of course, you can sign up to the mailing list. It will be in the show notes and it will also be in the description. So don't miss out. We're sending weekly drops and a little yeah. bit of sunshine into your week yeah. on a weekly basis. We sent a really timely message around just recollecting yourself and regathering yourself for the next six months of this year because it's going to be a great year for you Mm -hmm. sis if you're listening to this this was the sign that you needed that you don't need to be in crisis Mm -hmm. and you don't need to be in crisis alone um as much as you are grabbing onto the ship make sure to grab onto the hand of another sister Mm -hmm. too so sisters we hope you enjoyed this episode um as always keep glowing stay growing Oh wow. You know, Lori makes you know what I'm saying? That was that. Keep glowing and growing. <laughs> there okay? we go. Damn, Keep man. that ringing in your Damn. ears. Damn. <laughs> I want a little bit of a remix. It's a part of the brand. <laughs> it's a part of the brand. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.